Hello. 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 Oh. <laughs> Hello. We're Stacy and Pete. And this is the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Aptly named. Yes, it is. As we do not want to grow up. No, we don't. <laughs> We're Toys R Us kids. Or KB toys, mm-hmm. you know, really anywhere you could get toys. We're those kind of kids. We are. <laughs> we love our toys still today. We do. Give us toys. <laughs> so since we're getting back into the swing of things with the podcasting schedule, we got really used to being lazy. <laughs> Pete played a lot of video games. I watched a lot of Bravo shows. Yes. And now we have to work. That's right. On top of other work. There's work to do. <laughs> but it's fun work, at least. It is. It's creative. Yes. But to ease some of the pressure, we thought it would be fun to re-release just a few rom-coms that we covered very early on, but they are fan favorites, I've noticed, just from the response when I post about them on our social media. One of these movies is Can't Buy Me Love. And before we get into it, we wanted to tell you that we're going to be recasting this movie and the other movie that we're going to be re-releasing on our Patreon as if they were made in the 90s. Yes, and those are always a good time, so come check them out. Come on over to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. There's also a lot of other bonus content. There are 50 plus episodes. Yes. And thank you to everyone who has come over there. We're slowly growing. The support means a lot to us and it's great. It is great. If you love the podcast and you want to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. You can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We've got our Facebook group. The Cozy Club, fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. So let's get into it. All right. So we're going to play the episode now, but stay tuned because afterwards we're going to discuss some of the things that we talked about in the episode because we did re-listen to it Mm -hmm. and we have some comments, some comments on ourselves. That's right. (laughs) It's very self-indulgent here. (laughs) Some corrections, you know, some add-ons. Some interesting observations. So stick around. Stick around. We'll see you in a bit. Welcome back to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Stacy, And I am Pete. We're happy that you're here. We're happy to be here. (laughs) Always. Who doesn't want to live in a bubble of nostalgia? That's right. In a fort of blankets. (gasps) That is true with all the twinkle lights. Hmm. (laughs) Cozy feels. Cozy club up in here. (laughs) Speaking of childhood and nostalgia, yes, we've talked about board games on our podcast before, just games. Uh, it's been a while, and newcomers may not have listened to it yet, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about a game specifically that we played with as a kid, preferably one that we haven't already mentioned. For me, it was a card game called Racco. Is this something you ever played? I never played it. I feel like maybe Sarah and her family played it. Somebody, one of my friends and their family used to play it because I would hear about it all the time. Okay. So, I mean, it's a pretty simple card game. I think you just had to like get numbers like sequentially or something like that. Yeah. But it was fun because it had this plastic rack that you would put your cards in. So, I remember that Uh, being a- That's the racco. That's the racco. Huh. But I really liked that one. We'd play it as a family a lot, but then also like me and my sisters and brother would play too. That's fun. Mine is Mr. Mouth. Did you ever play that? I have never heard of this one. 
You should look it up so you can see what it looks like. So there's a 70s version that looked like, you know, it was like a sphere, you know, that was a smiley face guy. Well, he looked like a smiley face guy. He wasn't really smiling. Yeah, he looks a little like kind of smiling. Got like droopy eyes. Yes. <laughs> and then the 80s version looked like a frog. Yeah. Which one did you have? I remember the smiley face guy. Okay. The 70s version. I don't so, think I've ever seen this before. It would, I believe he would spin around and then there were four hands yeah. outstretched from it and you would push down on the hand and then you had these different color coins. Everybody had their own color, plastic coins. Yeah. And as it came around, you would try to flip the coins into his mouth as his mouth would oh, open and close. That sounds like fun. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I would want to play that now. Yeah, me too. We should find it. <laughs> we have to find it. <laughs> we can find it on eBay with all the pieces. Mr. Mouth. So we took it back to the 80s. Back to the 80s. Two movies, actually both from the same year. Yeah, accidentally. We, yeah, we didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't planned. Should I start? Have at it. All right. Get into it. The one that I chose was a favorite of mine, Can't Buy Me Love. Can't buy me love. 1987, like I said, it was directed by Steve Rash. The short story is that it's about a kind of nerdy high school student in Tucson, Arizona, who gives a cheerleader $1,000 to pretend to be his girlfriend for a month so he can become popular. But I like to delve into it a little bit more. Yeah. You know, it's about the whole group of kids in high school, the cliques, mostly focused on the popular kids and the nerdy kids. And Ronald Miller is starting to care a little bit about the fact that he's in the quote unquote nerd herd <laughs> and not in the popular crowd, you know, and he has a crush on Cindy Mancini, who's captain of the cheerleaders and doesn't know that he exists mm -hmm. other than the fact that he mows their lawn. But she thinks his name is Donald. She doesn't even know his name. <laughs> so one day Ronald is presented with an opportunity to bail Cindy out of some big trouble with her mom because she ruined her $1,000 suede outfit that she wasn't supposed to be wearing in the first place. Right. But she took it and wore it to a party. And of course, you know, some doofus who's drinking red wine at a high school party. As you do. <laughs> As you do. In high school, everybody was crushing that red wine. <laughs> He was a connoisseur, you know, spilled the wine all down it, ruining it. She's devastated. Ronald has saved up money from lawn mowing and he's planned to buy this awesome telescope. Mm -hmm. He's there at the mall. And it's so funny because you see very clearly there's a price tag hanging up next to the telescope that says $1,000 and then cut over to Cindy, who he has seen through the telescope, trying to bargain with the store owner, saying she'll work to pay off if she can just get an advance to get a replacement of this suede suit. And you also see the price tag for $1,000. $1, so Ronald just takes the opportunity and runs over to her and just basically shows her the cash, shows her the money, as Cuban Gooding Jr. would say. Show me the money. He presents Cindy with the idea that if she dates him for a month, he'll become popular. She gets the replacement outfit. Her mom's not pissed at her. Win -win. Everything's great. Yeah, win-win. Yeah. She doesn't think it's going to work, but she wants that money. So she agrees to, to go along with it. And it does work. And works quickly. He becomes the most popular boy. Gives me <laughs> some Teen Witch vibes. He's very quickly accepted into that whole group of friends because if Cindy thinks he's cool enough to date, then everyone thinks he's cool enough. He's in. 
But it gets complicated, as it normally does, where Cindy starts to see that he's actually a really great person, and she starts to let him in, showing him who she really is. But the popularity goes to his head. Even though he really is, deep down, a good person, he's just high off of that fame. And even before that, you're right, even before that, he just doesn't notice that she's starting to like him. Yeah, she's trying to give him little subtle hints and stuff. Which I don't blame him. He's just like, why would she ever like me? I yeah. think is... I think, yeah, he's probably got a guard up because he's like, this is not going to actually go anywhere. Yeah. So it comes to the end of the month. They stage a fake breakup. He's a big D-hay and all her friends want to date him. Basically, like, she created a monster. So she kind of <laughs> falls back from all of that. Mm -hmm. She's just pissed off. And he only really learns his lesson. Like, I don't think he ever would have learned his lesson. No. Until she got wasted at a New Year's Eve party and just blows him up to everybody. She just tells everybody what their plan was the whole time. And he, like, immediately is shunned by everyone. No one will speak to him. Destroyed. His old friends won't speak to him because he was mean to them. Yes. His new, quote unquote, friends won't speak to him because... He's not in with her and, you know, he just thought that he could buy his way in. Yeah. And so he's all alone. He's really messed up. He has. So, of course, you know, he regrets what he's done as he's done some self-reflecting. You know, he realizes that he messed up and he starts groveling and trying to talk to Cindy and apologize. And she's avoiding him for what seems like a long time. It was probably only like a day or two. Yeah. And then <laughs> it doesn't take much. She finally gives in and they ride off into the sunset together. Quite. Literally. Quite literally, but we'll talk about that in a <laughs> minute. <laughs> All wrapped up in a pretty little bow. So the cast, we usually like to give fun facts, and I do have a few, but for me, when I was researching this cast and all the things that they've done, I feel like there these are the all facts. the yeah, these all are right. all the fun facts. Cool. So we have Patrick Dempsey, of course, as Ronald Miller. This is where I first fell in love with Patrick Dempsey. Until he was on Grey's Anatomy, I knew him from Can't Buy Me Love and Loverboy, and so I was excited that, you know, Ronald Miller was on Grey's Anatomy. That's why <laughs> I was going to watch the show. Of course, now it's just McDreamy, but was he on from the start of that show? Oh, yeah. Was he? Okay. Mm -hmm. I actually watched the first few seasons of Grey's, but I feel like I was 18 when that show started, so I don't remember. You weren't 18 because <laughs> I lived in Orlando when it started. It was like mid-2000s, I think. Amanda Peterson played Cindy Mancini. Sadly, she passed away in 2015. She had had kind of a rough life beyond Can't Buy Me Love and struggled with drugs and alcohol. This... I think, had more to do with accidental medication after having a surgery. Yeah, she like mixed the wrong ones yeah. or something. Because her family had said she had gotten clean. Gotten clean. Yeah. It's very sad, though. And yeah. I think she was like 44 or something mm -hmm. like that. And we actually had just seen her like a month ago when we did Annie. She's one of the orphans in Annie. Tina Caspery played Barbara, who was also a dancer in Annie. Was she? Yeah. I need huh. to go back and see if I can spot her. And this I thought was interesting. She played Kelly Bundy in the pilot of Married with Children. Really? She was the original Kelly? Yeah, but they oh. didn't really feel like her acting was right for that role, I guess. And huh. Ditched her and picked up Christina Applegate. And she was also in Teen Witch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She had that same awesome hair. <laughs> Darcy DeMoss played Patty. Uh, she was in Friday the 13th, part six. Oh, I remember Jason that lives. one. No, I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we watched it, though, around Halloween. And I feel like I said, oh, she's from Can't Buy Me Love. But You probably did. I probably did. I'm always saying things like that. <laughs> 
Court McCown played Quint. And this I thought was interesting and I need to look into it because it says that he was in Vince Vaughn's Wild West comedy show in Nashville. Like he's a comedian now. And I was at Vince Vaughn's Wild West comedy show in Nashville. Yeah. I wonder if you saw him. How funny if I had seen him and like didn't realize who it was, you know, he's also you could have said, oh, I know him from Can't Buy Me Love. I could have, you know, I'm always saying things like that. (laughs) (laughs) And he was also uncredited as one of Michael J. Fox's teammates in Teen Wolf. Really? Yeah. Let me me look this guy's face up real fast. Yeah. Look up Quint. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I recognize that guy. Yeah? From Can't Buy Me Love or from Teen Wolf? Yeah, just from Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so then there's Eric Bruscotter. Sounds about right. Bruscotter. I'm not sure. He's Big John. You may recognize him also from Major League Two and Major League Back to the Miners. Also Starship Troopers. Yeah, I knew I recognized him. And then I was like, oh, that's that guy from Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, you're always saying things like that. <laughs> I'm always saying things like that. <laughs> and he was also in Glee. Yeah, he was in Glee. Do you remember him from Glee? I remember him from Glee. You do not. <laughs> <laughs> I love musicals. What are you talking about? <laughs> Speaking of music, Gerardo Mejia played Ricky, but you might know him as Rico. Suave. What's funny is I posted a video of Gerardo performing Rico Suave on the Arsenio Hall show on our Instagram a couple weeks ago. And so many people commented, Mm -hmm. I just can't believe he was the football player and can't buy me love. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely looked different. He had a sweet mullet and can't buy me love. He did. He'd grown his hair out by the time he was Mr. Rico Suave. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people thought his name was Rico Suave. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Did you? I did. (laughs) Not Gerardo. So he later became a recording industry executive and more recently is a pastor in Ashland, Kentucky. In Kentucky, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Then there's Courtney Gaines as Kenneth Werman. He's been in a ton of stuff, but best known for his betrayal of Malachi in oh. 1984's Children of the Corn. I have never watched Children of the Corn. <gasps> oh, we have to watch it. I know. I've just never done it. Let's do that this fall. We'll cover it on the podcast. We will. <laughs> I love him in Sweet Home Alabama, which also happens to star Patrick Dempsey. McDreamy himself. Yeah, back together again. Then there's Seth Green, a very young Seth Green as Chuck Miller, Ronald's little brother. And he's done tons of stuff. I think most people know who Seth Green is, but I love him in Can't Hardly Wait. He's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. And then he does a lot of voice work, Robot Chicken, Family Guy. I think he's a pretty funny dude. He is funny. Played a great, annoying little brother in this movie. (laughs) He did. Sharon Farrell played Mrs. Mancini, Cindy's mom. She was in a lot of films in the 60s and 70s. I don't really recognize her. Yeah. Dennis Dugan, or Dugan, I think we struggled with this when we covered Happy (laughs) Gilmore, played David Miller, Ronald's dad. And he is most known for his partnership with Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. And he's directed Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You don't mess with the Zohan. Grownups, just go with it. Jack and Jill, grownups too. Basically anything Adam Sandler's been in. <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he also stars in Happy Gilmore too, right? He does. Cloyce Morrow played Judy Miller, Ronnie's mom. I couldn't find a lot about her. She kind of stopped acting right after this. Okay. Uh, but she did voice Mrs. Bingham in the Fluffy Dogs made for TV movie <laughs> for Disney. Did you watch that? Yes. 
And I have the fluffy dogs downstairs. You know, you got them for me. I do know. <laughs> and then Devin DeVasquez played Iris. She was Playboy's Playmate of the Month in June of 85. Oh. She also dated Prince in 85, Sylvester Stallone in 88, before she married Ron Moss in 2009, who was on The Bold and Beautiful. She got with Ron Moss? Yeah. Wow. Do you know? <laughs> no, I don't know who Ron Moss is. <laughs> I was like, well, I had to look him up. I recognize his face from getting Soap Opera Digest back in the day, okay. but I didn't watch The Bold and Beautiful. I was like, well, I thought you were just a GH guy, but maybe. <laughs> so a few other fun facts. It was originally called Boy Rinse Girl. <laughs> That's a good name change. Yeah, I think that was the best choice. Uh, it was later changed to Can't Buy Me Love after the producers had secured the rights to the Beatles song. Oh, okay. The choreography is by Paula Abdul, who makes an uncredited appearance as a dancer. I can see that. Yeah. And then in 2003, Can't Buy Me Love was remade as Love Don't Cost a Thing, starring Nick Cannon and Christina Milian, which I remember that movie coming out, but I didn't realize it was a remake. So I need to watch it now. I didn't I either. I had never seen it. And side note, I always thought it was Christina Milan. <laughs> Is there a Christina Milan? I don't think so. I think I've just I always misread her name. That's funny. I was almost going to call you out for saying her name wrong. And then I just read it and was like, well, call yourself out. She used to open for NSYNC in the day. So I've seen her perform a few times. Oh, she's a singer? Christina Milian. Yep. Uh. So this was a first for you, right? You hadn't really watched this? I didn't think that I had, but after we watched it, I realized I have seen it before. Okay. You're like, after we watched it, I realized that I know every line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is funny how predictable it is because you kept saying right before they would do it, oh, here we go. They're about to come over and eat his whole pizza. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, how did you know that? You know, <laughs> now it could be because you realize that you've seen it before or it's just a very predictable movie. <laughs> it felt predictable for one reason or another. Either I knew it and forgot it or they using those tropes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, back in the day, it was groundbreaking. Was it, though? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. All right. Tell me your favorite moments. Well, along those lines, the dance scene at the school when Ronald teaches everybody a new dance that he learned off of, I think, American Bandstand, American Bandstand yeah. but not actually American Bandstand. Well, they had a special thing. Oh, that's right. It was a special on American Bandstand. Yeah. So it was like the African anteater ritual or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So he didn't realize that, but he gets his date to do the dance and then everybody else follows suit. As and you so, do. As you do. That's what I'm wondering. Like, do they still do that in movies that I'm not watching like now? <laughs> I don't know. Cause or I, was I that don't an really, 80s thing? I haven't really watched any like teen movies that are current. Yeah, it's so different, though. There's so many platforms for this type of movie to come out on now. Yeah. Like back then, it was like you go to the movie theater. Uh-huh. And you can get it on VHS afterwards, and then it'll go to HBO. So you had like three ways to watch it, or I guess four, because then eventually it would show up on TV. But now it's like, oh, the Disney Channel is going to make a movie, and now there's 500 streaming platforms. So there's a whole bunch of movies that I'm not watching that they could be doing this very thing. I'm just not sure. Yeah. At least with this one, the choreography was very basic. There were only like four steps in mm -hmm. it, <laughs> whereas the movies like She's All That. Mm-hmm. 
you know, where all of a sudden everyone on the dance floor knows this very intricate intricate dance routine. It's like, did you all get together and practice this in your school gym before you came to the party? I just don't. (laughs) The answer is yes, they did. (laughs) (laughs) But that's uh, that's one of my favorite scenes. It makes me laugh. That's a good one. And then you mentioned before that suede outfit. First of all, I love that suede outfit. I'm like, wow, that is some 80s right there. Yeah, you've got the skirt. Yeah. And then the bra top topped off with the fringe jacket. Yeah, absolutely. That whole thing just screams 80s, but like posh 80s. Oh, yeah, very posh. Like that was a really awesome outfit for it's that. It's posh. And it's a losh. <laughs> it's, it's like a cream color. Yeah, it's a great outfit. I really like it. And I like that scene because that's another thing I'm like, oh, yeah, somebody's spilling wine on this. Oh, yeah, you did say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw the guy standing there with the wine because we were like joking about do high schoolers drink red wine? Right. And then you're like, you see her walking up. You're like, oh, he's mm, definitely. That's ending up on it's, there. It's heading for her outfit right now. Now, this one kind of steps on one of yours a little bit, but it's a very particular moment in a scene mm-hmm. where Ronald's doing something. But to get his point across, he smashes a bat on a table. Yeah. This is the part that made me realize I have seen this movie before because I remember that part in particular uh... thinking, dude, why are you smashing the bat on the table? There's like people sitting right there. <laughs> They're eating lunch out of their trays and you just smash this and everything went flying. Yeah. I like that scene, but I don't think he should have done it that It's very irresponsible. Very irresponsible. It could have gotten in that girl's eye, which I thought happened when she was crying. (laughs) But really, she was just... Emotional. Emotional. I mean, what is he, a teenager or something? Yeah. Think it through. (laughs) Use your brain. All right. HMs for me. The home ex scene where Rico Suave is shirtless with an apron, first (laughs) of all. His name's Gerardo. It's Rico Suave. (laughs) He's shirtless with an apron because that's what you do in high school. Rico. Suave. Would anybody actually roll around with no shirt and an apron (laughs) in high school? They didn't in mind, but you know, I was very sheltered. I think only in the locker room, (laughs) but still no apron. No apron. (laughs) But then also just like the whole home ec set in general. I know. I wonder if like bigger schools had home ec setups like that because I I didn't have home ec at all. We did. I don't know if in the 80s they had it like that. I don't remember having... There's like ovens, ovens sinks. in a classroom. It's like everybody has their own little kitchen. Right. And I don't know what else they taught in home ec, but I'm sure it was fully kitted out in this classroom. It looks like a lot of fun. I just yeah. feel like they wouldn't do that in high schools nowadays. Too many hazards. Uh, Yeah. I feel like they should still have it just to teach people how to cook. Everybody. Yeah, they should, honestly. Hey, here's how you do your laundry. Here's how you cook. Yeah, they really need to call it like when they say college prep. There needs to be a class that actually teaches you how to be an adult on your own. Right. Here's your dorm room and post-dorm room prep class. Yeah. (laughs) Here's how you iron a shirt. Here's how you boil water. Yeah. (laughs) And then finally for me, the airplane graveyard is just like a cool scene. Like, I love airplanes. I figured that was going to be one of your favorite scenes. Well, I forgot about it until I already got down here. So (laughs) I had to make sure that I listed it. But I really love that scene. And I love the planes that are in there and just the whole way that looks. I really want to go to one sometime. Yeah. And they are awesome in video games as far as (laughs) finding a sweet camping spot. You can always find one in an airplane graveyard. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Also, that scene is kind of romantic. It is. It's like their little last date before they're going to break up. And that's where you can really tell that Cindy has fallen for him. She has face planted for him. 
<laughs> so my favorites. Number one, I love Cindy's little quick makeover of Ronald. They show up at school. It's the first day they're going to be walking down the halls together. And she's like, we got to fix the way you look right now. And she real quickly, because his hair's gelled down or whatever. So she just tussles his hair. With you know, some mousse. Shakes it up. And it all of a sudden looks super cool. And she rips the sleeves off of his button down. Untucks also, it as well. Untucks it. And that's it. Now he's super cool. I mean, he looks like a completely different person. And you're just like, oh, hello, you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's still like a little scrawny Patrick Dempsey at that time. But it's like you can see why people started to pay attention to him because he looks cute. All of a sudden, he's like Clark Kent and then bam, Superman. Yeah. Take his glasses off. Whoa, I didn't even, didn't even recognize <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Number two is... It's the scene around your favorite moment when yeah. he slams the bat onto the table because he's taking up for his friend Kenneth, who he's been friends with since they were kids, along with Quint, who's bullying Kenneth, just because he's sitting and tutoring Patty and being a nice person. But this is after Ronald has fooled everyone. So they're like on the defense thinking that the nerds are yeah. coming in to try Out to- Out of here, nerd. Back to your yeah. table. <laughs> yeah. It's not nice. And Ronald sees him doing that. And he comes over and like reminds him, you know, we used to all be friends. Like what happened when we were kids? Like you broke your arm and we carried you all the way to the hospital and you cried the whole way, you know. And then, of course, (laughs) after the speech, we get a really great slow clap. And I thought you were joking. Because, like, everything had kind of ended right there, and then you did a slow clap, and I was like, oh, that would have been hilarious if they put a slow clap in. One second later, slow clap. (laughs) What's funny is that I didn't even know for sure that that's what happened, but I just instinctively was like, there's a slow clap here. We need to slow clap. And then when they did it, I was like, oh, that's why I thought there should be a slow clap here. (laughs) We need, like, a history of the slow clap to see where that was in the chain. Like, that certainly wasn't the first slow clap, Yeah, I don't know. What I love is like in Can't Hardly Wait, which is 10 years after this, Mm -hmm. there's a slow clap thing, you know, where I think they're kind of making fun of. It's a call out. Yeah. And then number three, the end where Cindy finally decides she's going to forgive him and he's mowing the lawn and, you know, she's starting to leave with her friends. And then all of a sudden she comes back and jumps on the back of his riding lawnmower and they ride off into the sunset together. Kiss in the sunset. They're kissing. She takes his hat off and puts it on herself. It's just a great ending. I noticed in that scene, and this is how I can tell that I've gotten older, I was very nervous for the young ladies sitting on the back of this convertible. (laughs) They were not secured down. Anything could have happened. Not wearing any shoes. No shoes, no seatbelts. They were on the trunk of the car, basically, like with their legs over the back seats. Like that is not safe. Those wild and crazy kids. So wild and crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there was a callback to that scene of them riding on the lawnmower in the movie Easy A with Emma Stone and Pam Badgley. Pam? Pen. Pen. Yeah. Makes more sense. He's from Gossip Girl and You, the show. You. You. On Netflix. You. You. Is he the main guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. I do know him then. Yeah. HMs. Okay. I love the hair in this movie and the face paint a la gem. Patty has different things on her face, like the whole time she's got like a star sticker one time. Another time she's got this like squiggly line that's like yellow and pink that just Mm -hmm. comes out all the way across her cheek. Different times she's got just like glitter all over her face. She's got streaks of purple or something in it. She was 80s cool 
For sure. She was. But this was after Jim. So it does make me wonder if it was kind of inspired by that. Yeah, because in Cindy's room on the wall, it says outrageous. (gasps) It does say outrageous. I'm like, was that a super cool word or was that a gem word that was super cool? (laughs) I can't remember. I bet outrageous came before Jim. I feel like that's probably something they said even in earlier times. Jim was probably using it to be cool. Right. She just put the stamp on the cool Mm -hmm. of using that word. She popularized it. She truly, truly did. (laughs) And speaking of Cindy's room, that's my other HM. I just love, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where Cindy and her friends are in the room and there's just so much going on in the room. She's got her TV is like inside a fireplace, (laughs) but that's obviously not being used. But the fireplace is like purple and pink or it's like one of those. And then the TV, I feel like the TV was a color, like a fun color. I could be wrong on that. But either way, there's fun colors going on. So it's like inside the wall. And then, you know, she's got like a fun clock with geometric stuff on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see like her ribbons, like her cheerleading ribbons and stuff. And then when they go out of the room, she closes the door and there's a... It's like a cardboard cutout. Yeah. And there's a cardboard cutout of Bobby, her boyfriend, who had already gone on to college. But it's like full size. Yeah, because he's a football player and it's a like his football photo. But yes. it is literally full size, like you said. Which makes me think of my sister because when she used to work at Video Park, she used to get some of those stand-ups. Oh, really? And I remember we had like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one oh, that used wow. to scare the crap out of me if I walked in her room. Those like, are worth money now, too. That's funny. I wonder what she did with them. They probably got thrown away. <laughs> and then she also had a cardboard cutout of Brad Pitt as Tristan from Legends of the Fall. Well, that I was in the 90s, it. wasn't it? You used to kiss it? <laughs> yes. So Passionately long. or just like... No. It was just like, oh, bad, like joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old days. That is hilarious. Well, that was fun. I'm glad I chose that one. Yeah, that was a good choice. It was a fun one to watch. I've been wanting to do it for a while. All right. So... We mentioned at the beginning of the episode some games that we like to play. Yeah. I still want to find that Mr. Mouth. We have not done it. Yeah, we have got to find that one. It sounded very interesting in the photos. It's a lot of fun. You showed me, yeah. We thought it'd be fun to talk about two more games that we played. All right. You got one? I do. I have a couple. Oh. The the main one that I really enjoyed playing. We actually have this one now. It's one that I got for us to play. It's the Game of Life. Yes. You can be a winner at the Game of Life. I'm on my way. Take a good day. Make my pay. You may go far. I miss my car. Go to college. Be a movie star. You can be a winner at the Game of Life. I love the spinner wheel in the middle with the tick, 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 tick. (laughs) We haven't played it yet, but we did open it up so that you could do the spinner. Yes. (laughs) And I could see the little cars with the people that you put in them, little stick post people. Mm -hmm. That game was fascinating to me. I did not like that game. I know you didn't. Stressful. Yes. Very stressful. You got to worry about jobs and I didn't want to think about that as a kid. Money. Oh. My goodness. (laughs) Along those same lines, though, I think I liked sticking things into other things (laughs) because I love Battleship. Oh, yes. Yes. Battleship. (laughs) I liked Battleship, too. Yeah. Mostly because of that reason. Now, some of my friends had electronic Battleship. Yes. I feel like somebody I knew had it. We didn't have that one. I didn't have that one. I had classic Battleship, Mm -hmm. which was still very cool. Me and my sister would play that quite a bit. She would usually win, as she did in most games. But 
that didn't stop me from playing. (laughs) So the one that I picked is one that I don't think we owned. I think it was my friend Kim, I think. But it was called Crocodile Dentist. Help me, my toothache! No worries, I'm the Crocodile Dentist. I'll fix that smile, you crocodile. I'm the Crocodile Dentist. Crocodile Dentist. Just grab and pull. There's what a mouthful. I'm the Crocodile Dentist. Crocodile Dentist. Do you remember this? Yes. So he would, the crocodile's mouth would be open and he had all these teeth and you had like these little, I don't know, pliers, not pliers, but yeah, whatever. And you would have to try to pull the teeth and get them out before his mouth would snap shut. Oh, okay. So it wasn't terrifying. It wasn't that you didn't want to like knock other teeth or anything like that. It's just you all had to trade on back and forth. I believe so. Or was it like how many teeth could you get out before Before it snapped? snapped That part I don't know, Mm. but- I just know that it gave me anxiety, (laughs) as did, you know, uh, along the same vein as perfection and operation. Yes. Perfection in particular. Woo. Man. When that thing would pop. Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. I loved operation. Why do we love those games, though? I I mean, I don't know. They're so fun. But maybe it's kind of like how we like scary movies. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the thrill. The purposeful thrill. Yes. Like you're you're doing it to yourself because you know it's safe, but it's also scary. Like a roller coaster. Yes. Probably safe. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but those are fun. And I don't really want to go play the game of life now, but I would like to play Crocodile Dentist. You need to play the game of life with me. All right. If it'll make you happy, I'll do it. Thank you. You're That's welcome. very sweet. <laughs> So this was like a lot of our earlier episodes, one where we had two movies. So we did Can't Buy Me Love and The Princess Bride, which is one of Pete's favorites. Yes, it is. Can't Buy Me Love, obviously, is one of my favorites. So in this section that you just heard, it's mostly me talking. (laughs) (laughs) But at least we did hear, you know, your favorite moments and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Just a few comments on some of the things we had talked about. Tina Caspary, how she was also an Annie, along with Amanda Peterson. And so I put Annie on the other day because I was trying to find her. But there are so many little brunette girls. And it's like, unless she had a speaking part or like Cindy had a few, Cindy, Amanda had a few lines and, you know, we see her like singing and stuff like that. So she was easier to spot, but I still could not find her. And I looked it up, tried to find pictures of her. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, So if anybody knows an exact spot where I could see her, let me know. Share it. Mm Mm-hmm. We still have not watched Children of the Corn. So I've never seen that movie still to this day. Still two years later. We've got to do it. We do. It needs to be no earlier than September and no later than November. (laughs) Add it to the list. (laughs) Also, I just thought it was funny because we did mention the sort of remake, but it was called Love Don't Cost a Thing Mm -hmm. with Nick Cannon and Christina Milian. Who you thought her name was? Christina Milan. Milan. <laughs> <laughs> but randomly, she commented on one of my Delia's posts the other day. That's right. You're very excited. I was. It was yeah. fun. I'm so glad that celebrities and just people that I would know have the blue check because, you know, the verified thing, because otherwise I would just never believe that anybody was who they are. Right. You know? Right. But anyway, that was fun. And again, I still haven't found a lot of fun facts about the movie. But one thing that I did see that I thought was interesting is like the classic line when Kenneth grabs Ronald in the arcade and he's like, you on my house, man. You (laughs) on my house. It's so emotional. Yeah. It's such a big moment. A lot of people quote it and it almost got cut. Did it? Because of like the ratings and Mm. stuff. 
I'm so glad they left it in. Me too. It's a good line. It's a good moment because Kenneth has always been so docile, you Mm -hmm. know, and it finally like broke him. It like took him to the edge of like, I will you up. That's right. (laughs) Believe that. (laughs) And when we were talking about the scene where there's a slow clap. Yes. We said that we needed to learn the history of the slow clap. And I appointed you with that job. So tell us. Yeah, so I went and did a little research on it. It turns out it wasn't really a term that people used until around 2007, as far as like pop culture. Okay. But it was referenced as something prior to that back in 2004 by Roger Ebert. He had called it out. And from everything that I could find, that's the first real reference of somebody talking about and calling out the fact that there was a slow clap. Okay. That's not the first time because he was talking about the movie Against the Ropes, which came out in 04. It gets a little confusing because people say, oh, the film from 1980 called Brubaker, that's the first time a real slow clap happened. Okay. The first one I actually remember is from the movie Lucas, where they start this big slow clap when he gets the jersey out of his locker. Right. I loved that movie. I used to rent it all the time. I kind of forgot about that movie until this, until doing this research. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man, I I really remember that movie. Yeah. But the first actual slow clap is from very early in cinema history. Citizen Kane has a slow clap. Really? Not exactly the slow clap that we're talking about. Right. Like even like Lucas doesn't have the kind of slow clap. That I think about where it's like one person clapping slowly and it leads into thunderous applause, right? Mm -hmm. Like Lucas is more and Brubaker as well, like everybody slowly clapping together at about the same pace. Okay. Citizen Kane, somebody is just kind of slowly clapping, but it's on film. So it's it's a complicated history. Hmm. The slow clap. It's difficult to tell when the first one was. There's a compilation video on YouTube. Of all the slow claps? Of all the slow claps that this one person- Was Hardly Wade in there? Yes, I think it was actually. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could share a link to that video as well on your Instagram. Okay. Or share the video itself. Thank you for researching. You're welcome. (laughs) And one other correction. We were talking about Cindy's bedroom and how cool it was. And I was referring to her purple fireplace and then how there was a TV that I thought was also a different color inside the hole Mm -hmm. of the fireplace. But it's actually just a regular TV. Regular TV, purple fireplace. Correct. Listen, it could happen to any of us. (laughs) So that's it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I know a lot of you love the movie. And if you would like to hear who we would recast in this movie if it were made in the 90s. See us on Patreon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.